Welcome to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. For free rankings, player values, waiver wire tips, and trade advice, follow him online at dynastyfreaks.com or email dynastyfreaks at gmail.com. Hello and greetings from Austin, Texas. Welcome all of you Dynasty Freaks. Admit it, it's okay. You're addicted to Dynasty. I am too. My name is Justin Christopher and I am a Dynasty Freak. That's a freak with two E's. It's a long explanation. Anyway, I love the NFL. I watch every game every week. I love drafting, trading, scouting, and managing all of my teams 365 days a year. So do you. So let's talk some Dynasty. Here's what we have in store today on episode number 54. 54 episodes in on these podcasts. Before we get started, I will say you could do me a great favor by rating and reviewing um, on iTunes. That would be a great help for me. Uh, it would really help us move up the charts, particularly as we get you know, headed into dynasty season where people are actually going to start paying more attention and searching for uh, podcasts on the, on the dynasty spectrum. So I would love it if you would give me a few minutes of your time to rate and review. Even tell me some ways I can improve. I would appreciate that too. So today on episode number 54, we are concluding... Uh, the positional philosophy uh, series that I've been doing. Today we'll look at wide receivers. So we've been looking kind of my positional philosophy at each different offensive position, and today we'll conclude that at wide receivers. So the dead period is finally over. All 32 teams have reported to training camp. Real news now is starting to trickle out of camps, and preseason games are set to start next week. So this week I'll conclude my articles and the podcast that we've done on the positional philosophy my real aim in this is I hope that these articles and these podcasts would give you uh, just a better idea of what you could do in the next year to balance out your rosters to put you in a better, better position to become a dynasty in your leagues. So I've already covered quarterback, tight ends, running backs, so you can go back and listen to those for sure. But today we're going to talk about my positional philosophy when it comes to the wide receiver position. Um, there are exceptions to every rule, of course, but these are the things that I aim to do in all of my leagues. And so after listing all of them, in this case, we have nine, so I'll give you list nine different things of my philosophy when it comes to the wide receiver position. After listing all of them, I will give you an idea about what my wide receiver rooms look like, like who are the players that I have on my rosters in the six dynasty leagues that I'm a part of currently. So let's get started. Here's number one of nine of my positional philosophy. The first one has to do, like I've done every week, starts with uh, roster construction. So I like to roster eight to ten wide receivers. So I aim to, to roster 8 to 10 wide receivers. As you know, I'm in 27 of 30-man rosters. So these are you know deep rosters, true dynasty rosters. So what I would do is I aim to uh, constitute about 25 to 30% of my roster to the wide receiver position. I'm definitely willing and, and do roster a few more wide receivers in leagues where I have to start three wide receivers. There's some leagues I'm in where I have to start three, some leagues where I have to start two. Leagues where you have to roster three every single week, you're certainly more willing to have a few more uh, players on your wide receivers on your roster. In addition, I'm in several uh, PPR leagues. And so in PPR leagues, I tend to have a little bit more wide receivers as well, just because they're likely to start in my flex positions if they get a full PPR. I'm willing to roster a few less in leagues where I'm like super weak at running back and I just need a lot more guys at running back, particularly if I'm super strong at wide receiver. I talked about it last week, too, and you can see when I list the teams below, my good times league, I'm actually really strong uh, at wide receiver with my top three that are starting. And so in leagues like that, I'm willing to roster a few less wide receivers and a few uh, more running backs. The second thing I'd like to say about my wide receiver position philosophy is that I like to have three to four wide receiver ones 
and five to six unproven but high upside wide receivers. So I aim to have three to four wide receivers that are the unquestionable number one wide receiver on their team. So I don't mean wide receiver number one in the sense that they're top 12 in all of Dynasty. Uh, That would be pretty hard to do, although in a few leagues, (laughs) I definitely actually have that, as you'll see later. But my goal is really to have my my at least three, if not four, uh, wide receivers that are the number one targeted wide receiver on their actual NFL team. That way I feel like I have the highest targeted player and I'm going to get guaranteed volume at that position. You know, it's pretty hard to make that happen in every league, particularly in my 12-team leagues. Easier to do in my 10-team leagues for sure. But I usually find a way to do it, and I'm willing to make some trades to try to make sure that I have that. So then if I have three to four number one wide receivers for their teams, then what I like to do is I like to have five to six pretty much unproven players with very high upside to kind of balance out my wide receiver position. So most of my rosters look like that, you'll see when I list them. So I've got, you know, top three to four number one wide receivers on their teams, things like uh, Keenan Allen and DeAndre Hopkins, Juju. I've got Michael Thomas. You could argue between Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. I've got both of them, and it's a little less certain who's the number one receiver there with the L.A. Rams. I've got T.Y. Hilton in a number of leagues. So I've got the guys that I know are going to be the primary target. But then I like to backfill it with younger guys. So if you look at my rosters when I list them later, you'll see that I have guys like Deshaun Hamilton or Traquan Smith or Anthony Miller or Kiki Kuti in a couple leagues, Anthony Callaway, uh, even Josh Dodson, which I'll mention a little bit, even guys that I'm a little bit more hopeful for, like Dante Pettis and Robbie Anderson. And so I really like to be top-heavy where I've got some guys that I know are the number one wide receivers on their team, but then I like to fill them with younger guys that probably aren't going to start for me at all during the year, but they have the upside as we wait on them. Which brings me to point number three. Point number three for my wide receiver philosophy is I like to hold onto rookies for three to four years. So I just believe that wide receivers usually take three to four years before they break out. Uh, It used to be the kind of old adage that it always takes three years, third year breakout wide receivers, but I'm even willing to go a year or longer than that. I think sometimes it takes four years before they actually break out. So there's a few exceptions, of course, but not many at the wide receiver position. It just takes longer to break out. Whereas if you listen to the podcast last week, I said that at running back, I'm willing to drop a, a rookie running back after one or two years because I can know pretty sure right away whether they're going to make it or not. And so the rookie running backs I hold on to really just for about two years and willing to drop them, whereas rookie wide receivers, I feel like they take longer to break out. So I'm actually holding a lot more of them. That's why it's so important that I have you know, three or four that I know are going to be number one targeted wide receivers on their team starting. And then I've got the back end, a bunch of guys that could become that for their team. This becomes, uh, leads me to our fourth point, which is I like to invest in wide receivers on teams without a clear number one wide receiver on their team. So I like to invest in wide receivers that could become the number one receiver on their team because there's not a very clear cut number one wide receiver on their team. Now, at the running back position, if you listened last week, I said that I like to roster guys who I know can never become the lead back. Like, I'm fine holding on my roster a lot of running backs that I know will never become the number one running back because there's a number one guy ahead of them that's so much better than them. But I love to hold them because if their starting running back gets injured, you've got a great opportunity, a short-term opportunity when their value is going to rise dramatically when you can either use them you know, to help you in a playoff push or you can trade them to the uh, often to the team that has the starting running back that got injured. This is not the case with wide receivers for me, though. 
I devalue wide receivers quite a bit when they're drafted to teams with proven stud wide receivers. Like if I know that a guy's been drafted to a team and there's just no chance that he's going to become the number one in the, in the near future because they've got a stud in front of him, then I'm, I'm less willing to invest in them. Instead, what I choose to do is I choose to invest in wide receivers that could become the number one uh, wide receiver on their team since they're um, not since there is not a proven wide receiver one on their team so far. So if you look at my rosters, which I'll read later, you'll see that I do this with like Seattle, where um, sure Tyler Lockett's done something, but there's still a lot of questionable uh, players there that someone could become number one. I do this with Washington, with Chicago Bears, with Denver, with Jacksonville, with San Francisco. All those teams I feel like have yet to have a solid number one wide receiver that you know is going to keep that position for years to come. And so I like to invest in wide receivers and teams that don't have that clear number one. Next point that I'll mention is I like to invest in two wide receiver, young wide receivers on the same team. So similar, like I say, that I am willing to roster two young wide receivers on a team and hold them until it's clear which one of them actually has won the job, like which one's going to beat out the other one. So I've done that this year with wide receivers in Seattle, where I've got David Moore and Gary Jennings in a number of leagues. I do this in Washington, where I still have Josh Doxson, uh, Trey Quinn, and now uh, Terry McLaurin, this year's rookie. I do this in Jacksonville where I have a lot of Marquise Lee and Dede Westbrook. Like these are these are teams where I've got two players on the on my team on my roster because I'm basically waiting to see which one of them is going to solidify a position and uh, make that team as at least like the number two or possibly the number one wide receiver on their team. Next thing I'd say is I, I like to trade two for one wide receivers to get the guy that I want. So this one thing I, I do often is I often offer two young wide receivers to get one wide receiver who is the wide receiver one on their team. Like I said, because I like to have three to four of the wide receiver ones on my team, what I'll often do, particularly if I'm offering it to a team who's in sort of a rebuild mode, is I'd be willing to offer them two of my younger wide receivers just to secure that top you know receiver that, like I said, that I have someone that I know is going to be the highly targeted player on their team. And so that's why I've got guys like uh, DeAndre Hopkins on my team. I have him in two of my leagues, but I never uh, drafted him. I traded for him. I've got Michael Thomas on my team, who I drafted for. These were all two-for-one trades to get the guys that I really wanted. Uh, Same thing, true happened to me uh, with uh, Jarvis Landry. I traded him for last year, thinking he'd be the number one target there in Cleveland that was an upcoming offense. Obviously, the OBJ trade uh, changed that all quite a bit, so that's pretty disappointing. But that's the type of thing that I like to do, trade two for one to get the guy that I'm sure is going to be the number one targeted wide receiver on their team. Next thing I'll move to is I like to draft two wide receivers in the first two rounds of my startups. So now we're going to talk a little bit about my, some of my startup strategy. Um, I mentioned this last week. If you go back and listen to the podcast on the, on the running back philosophy, I almost always target two wide receivers. I draft a wide receiver in round one and round two in almost all my startup drafts. That's just because I feel like proven wide receivers – stay in the top 12 of their wide receivers year after year after year. So I like the consistency of the older proven veterans, so I almost always draft two wide receivers in my first two picks in startup drafts. I mentioned my two most recent startup drafts. I drafted Antonio Brown and Keenan Allen in one of my drafts. My most recent FFPC draft, I drafted uh, Travis Kelsey in a tight end premium league and Julio Jones. So again, I'm not afraid to go wide receiver, wide receiver, or in this case we could say pass catcher, pass catcher, and go for running backs later in the draft. And so in startups, I love going wide receiver, wide receiver. 
Similarly, I'll say that in uh, my next point here is that positional philosophy for wide receiver, I rarely draft rookies in startup drafts. Um, I take a win-now approach in my startup drafts, which means I'm really not willing to draft a a rookie wide receiver until maybe after like the 20th round, something like that. So I love drafting uh, rookie wide receivers in the rookie draft, but not wide receivers um, in the startup draft because they just take so much longer to develop. You know, I'm, a, I'm always in a win-now mode when I start a startup draft. So after year one, I'm super willing to take a lot of wide receivers in rookie drafts, but um, not so much in the startup drafts. You take it, if you kind of look at my rosters here, which I'll read in a minute, you'll see that I have a lot of Debo Samuel. I've got some J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Andy Isabella. I've got several of uh, Terry McLaurin and Gary Jennings, some of my late-round targets that I have. So I've got a lot of rookies on my team, but I didn't get them in the rook in the startup draft. I always get them in the rookie draft. So you'll see that I have a lot of young guys on my team, first and second round, even some um, that are in their third year, because those are the guys that I'm kind of waiting to break out. Um, but I don't draft them often, or really rarely, if never, in my startup drafts. Final thing that I'll mention. And uh, when it comes to my wide receiver philosophy is I devalue wide receivers when they switch teams via trade or via free agency. The fact is that wide receivers that are not re-signed um, but are given up to free agency or traded, it just says something about their NFL value, right, in and of, its, in and of itself. It's like the, the teams have already spoken about what they think about those players because they've given them up to free agency, not re-signed them, or they've been willing to trade them let alone the fact that wide receivers perform worse than any other position when they switch teams. So running backs, even quarterbacks and tight ends can do well when they switch teams, uh, running backs in particular, but wide receivers seem to have the hardest adjustment adjustment period. period. And so if I have a player that's been traded to a new team or has uh, on free agency uh, been given up and picked up by another team, one of the first things I do is I offer them on the trading block. I want to see... If there's anyone else who has a different wide receiver philosophy than me and they think that this player actually has gained value because they switch teams, where I think they almost always lose value when they switch teams. So I put them on the trading block and see what could happen. I'm rarely willing to draft or trade for a wide receiver that switched teams unless it's very late. So you can see that uh, there's a few exceptions with this. Um, I do have Golden Tate on my team who's bounced around to several teams. Um, but he was one that I drafted and just kind of had to hold on to, and I was actually able to trade him in one of my rookie drafts this last year to get J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, so I was very willing to do that. The only exception that stands out to me is on my leagues, you'll see that I have a lot of Robert Woods, who, of course, his value when he went uh, to the Rams went through the roof after Buffalo, and he's just performed uh, particularly well, and I have him in several leagues, so I'm excited about that. That was actually a waiver wire pick because no one was actually trying to get him after he traded teams. So that's pretty cool. I do have Kenny Stills, who's bounced uh, you know, to a few teams, and I did, uh, even in my most recent startup draft, drafted Jamison Crowder, but it was super late, um, hoping that maybe he can do something there. Also, I picked him on a league where I actually already have Robbie Anderson, going back to one of my other points, that I like to have two players on one team just to see who can actually become the number one for that team. So I've got Crowder um, and Robbie Anderson in my most recent draft that I did with FFPC. So those are nine things that I think about when I'm trying to evaluate my philosophy for the wide receiver position on my teams. Um, I will read to you some of the players that are on my rosters. This is where it can get a little bit boring in a podcast, so I would really encourage you to go to dynastyfreaks.com. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's. Actually look at the article, and sometimes having the actual list of the players that I have in front of you will help you see the players that I value because I have them 
um, on my teams, all right? So go to the website and look at that. But for the sake of time, I actually will read these to you in case you want to listen on the podcast uh, version. In, in my Keeper League, it's called the Keeper League. That's the name of it. It's a 10-team league with 30-man roster. Here's what my wide receivers look like. I've got Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, Jarvis Landry, uh, Dante Pettis, Traquan Smith, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, Deshaun Hamilton, Josh Doxson, Terry McLaurin. So you can see a lot of my strategies there. I've got a lot of number one targeted wide receivers, and I've got a lot of young backups that are just kind of waiting in the wings, including some that are on the same team to see who actually can win that position. My Die Hard League, it's one of my more recent startups, the half PPR, 27-man roster, 12-team league, so a little bit deeper. In that league, I have Keenan Allen, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, Nelson Aguilar, Marquise Lee, David Moore, Debo Samuel, and Gary Jennings. That's definitely my most uh, stacked, depth-wise wide receiver league. I've got a ton of great guys on that team. Don't have as many young guys, but I did draft. Like I said, this was a, uh, a draft where I did not draft any rookies in the in the rookie draft a year and a half ago. But what I did do is I drafted rookies in the rookie draft. So not in the startup draft, but in the rookie draft, I did pick up Debo Samuel and Gary Jennings. My Freak League, my longtime league that thus bears the name, the Dynasty Freaks, my Freak League is a 10-team league, 30-man roster. My wide receivers look like this, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Keenan Allen, D.D. Westbrook, Golden Tate, Marquise Lee, Antonio Callaway, Josh Dotson, John Ross, Trey Quinn, and Deion Kane. We've yet to hold our rookie draft. This is my one league where I actually do our draft in person over Labor Day weekend. Can't wait to be with my guys and have some great times together. 25-year league, the Freak League. You can see I did some of the same thing there. I've got a lot of wide receiver ones. Hopefully wide receiver one to break out in D.D. Westbrook. Um, But I've got him coupled with Marquise Lee, so I can see what happens there and who actually wins the job. I've got two Washington receivers in Trey Quinn and Josh Jackson waiting to see who's going to break out there. A lot of the same philosophies you can see um, in that league. My Good Times League, this is where I'm stacked at wide receivers, so I actually have fewer receivers than normal. My starters are DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, Juju Smith-Schuster. Pretty incredible starting uh, three receivers. It is a three start three wide receivers, so I have to start three receivers every week. Those guys will be in my lineup every week, naturally. Uh, but then to back them up, just a little upset, I've got Marquise Lee and Trey Quinn, and then I drafted three rookies in this year's rookie draft, Debo Samuel, Andy Isabella, and J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. So, with this league, with such proven starters, I'm much more willing to have fewer uh, wide receivers, um, fewer wide receivers in my uh, on the roster overall. And I just really have a top-heavy lineup, and then I have a lot of young guys that I drafted in this year's rookie draft to see what happens with them. Two more to go here. My reality sports uh, online league again. This is my buddy Dave and I. We co-manage this team together. It's a salary cap league, so we actually only have four players that we can draft in our upcoming free agency auction that's coming up because we actually have 20 guys of this 24-man roster already under uh, contract. So we've got 20 guys. We're only going to be able to draft four guys in our free agency draft. So here's what our running back, or our wide receiver room looks like. Devontae Adams, T.Y. Hilton, Robert Woods, Robbie Anderson. Those four are starting for us pretty much every week in this PPR league. Uh, for depth, we've got Kenny Stills. And then uh, kind of young strategy that I mentioned, kind of letting some guys develop and particularly in opportunities where they could become the number one for some of these guys anyway. We've got Anthony Miller and Kiki Kuti. Kiki can never become the number one there with DeAndre Hopkins, of course. But Anthony Miller could be. So could Deshaun Hamilton, Terry McLaurin, and Gary Jennings. We've got all these guys uh, rostered in our RSO league. And finally, my most recent draft in the FFPC. 
shorter rosters here, 20-man roster. It is PPR in a 12-team league, so much thinner here. But I've got Julio Jones, Brandon Cooks, Robbie Anderson. So there's my three, I think, every week starters, even though it's a start two wide receivers. Robbie Anderson will likely start as a flex. And then the younger guys to try to give some backup to them. I've got Dante Pettis and Kiki Kuti. And then I took that chance there on Jamison Crowder uh, in case he actually becomes more highly targeted than Robbie Anderson, who's not quite proven himself yet. Hope this has helped you as you think about your wide receiver rooms and what you want to do on your teams. Um, I appreciate you giving a listen. As always, contact me anyway, anytime at Dynasty Freaks. That's Dynasty Freaks with two E's, DynastyFreaks.com. Or you can email me at DynastyFreaks with two E's at gmail.com. I'm super fast with email, uh, less so with Twitter. Well, I've been building this website now, you know, for a podcast now for about a year now because I wanted to develop a year's worth of content before promoting the website for two reasons. One was to get better by practicing. Uh, second, and more importantly, was really to have a year's worth of verifiable and contestable content on the site so you can see for yourself whether my dynasty takes are generally right or wrong. And my hope is that you will test me and see that I'm your best and most trustworthy independent voice in the dynasty community. I'd appreciate if you would give a rate and review on iTunes. That would do me a great help. I appreciate you giving a listen here. It's time to get things started. Can't wait. Training camps are about to be underway, and we're going to start to get real news. And before you know it, we're going to be in the middle of building a dynasty. Thanks for listening. You know what to do until next time. Go out there and get freaky. Thanks for listening to the Dynasty Freaks podcast with your host, Justin Christopher. We welcome your thoughts and advice. Let us know what you'd like to hear on the podcast or see on the website to help you dominate your league. Justin prides himself in responding to every email, so hit him up anytime at dynastyfreaks at gmail.com and follow him on Twitter at LonghornJustin. Justin.